from the SVG Cut Studios, welcome to Cut the Craft. I'm your host, Leo Kowal. first part of today's show, we're bringing you an exclusive interview with original Pazzle's founder, Chris Vanderwouda. In the second half of the show, I'll be answering some questions from our listeners, and I'll be discussing some happenings in the world of personal cutting machines. So today's featured guest is Chris Vanderwouda, who is the original founder of the Pazzle's company. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thanks, Leo. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you on the show simply because you're, you're one of the key players in the personal cutting machine industry. And if it wasn't for you, I'm not sure that SVG cuts would even exist today. So with that said, I know that cutting machine enthusiasts, myself included, are dying to know, how did puzzles get started? Well, that that is kind of an interesting story, and it really does go back to the infancy of scrapbooking. Um, I, I think it was about 1998, I was teaching scrapbooking and stamping classes, and some of my paper piecing patterns got recommended to a local scrapbook store who wanted to carry it, and that was really the start of puzzles. Um, I was encouraged to go to different scrapbook conventions, and believe it or not, I sold printed patterns for $5 a piece. Wow. And uh, that was what we were all doing. And at that time, in scrapbooking, it was a lot of kitchen table industry, and I was one of those. I just sold my paper piecing patterns. Eventually, we also sold a chopping tool. Um, My husband made thousands of them in the garage. But the industry did start to change, and the bigger companies started coming in. And I know that for my what I was selling, the paper piecing, um, die cuts came in, and everybody all of a sudden decided they didn't want to cut, you know, trace and cut their own patterns. So I knew that I needed to come up with a way to make a kit, but unfortunately at that time I was broke. My husband was in um, school studying for his master's degree, and Pazzles was our sole income, and so I started looking for a way to cut paper for my kit. And um, I had looked at die-cut systems, but I felt like they were tying me down because I was already very into computers for creating my designs. Okay, go ahead. And the idea that I would have to wait for somebody to make a die for me seemed too slow and cumbersome. I was used to adding to my line whenever I wanted to, and I felt like that was going to slow my creativity down. So I also looked at laser systems, which at that time were just coming on the market, and I found two problems with those. One was they were really high-priced, and the second one was they left burn marks. And for some reason, Santa with brown around the edge of his beard just didn't strike me as the right thing. But the guy that I was talking to about laser systems kind of casually mentioned that he had vinyl cutting plotters that in the manual said it would cut paper. And so he kind of fiddled with a piece of paper and showed me, and I was desperate enough that I borrowed my mother's credit card, and I bought one. And when I look back on that, I can't believe that I did that, but we were pretty desperate. And I closeted myself in a room for about three weeks, 
and try to figure out how to cut paper. And my first problem I came into was how do I keep those little paper pieces from moving all around and falling inside the cutter or traveling with the blade as I cut them? And I tried tabs, but I hated those because I like a nice, clean cut. And I always had to cut those out. And when you're doing production, that's not very efficient. So I came up with the idea of spraying adhesive on a piece of heavy cardstock and putting my paper on that. And that worked. And believe it or not, that's where the cutting mat came from. So, Chris, you... Spraying adhesive on a mat. So, so Chris, you actually, you, you basically coined or invented the idea of the carrier sheet? Yes, I did. Wow. I did, at least for paper cutting, yeah. Well, myself and hundreds of thousands of others, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know what? It is, it is a, um, a great way to cut that paper. I, I often have people wish that I could stack paper up and do that, and if I could come up with a way, I would, but... Can't do that one yet, but yes. I, in fact, I have kept some of those old maps that I made originally, just to remind me of how far we've come. I mean, eventually I moved to plastic to make my maps, and now we're where we're at now with a nice printed map. But right. that's where it started. That's wonderful. Right there. So, at, at what at what point in the process um, did you think, well, I want to create my own machine? Well, there you go. We started by taking this industrial machine to conventions, and I would custom cut overlays for people. And as a matter of fact, I know you did an interview with Die Cuts for the View. Nancy, the owner or, or the founder, at least, of Nancy, the founder of Die Cuts with the View, mm-hmm. actually encouraged me greatly. And that's the way it was back in those days. We were all family, and we all supported each other. Wow. And um, there were a lot of other companies who wanted to, you know, little small vendors who wanted to have a cutter like mine. And I would send them to the guy I got mine from, but he would send them right back to me to teach them how to do it. And so I was investing a lot of hours in phone calls and writing tutorials. And my husband and I looked at each other and said, why is he making all the money and we're doing all the work? And that pretty much is when we decided that we would a cutter and we worked with him to sell what we call our pro now and that was so popular that the consumer started buying it but the price was out of reach for most people at that time we were selling it for about three thousand dollars so that really is when we started thinking there has got to be a way to make a cutter that can be for the personal market because there's really really a need for this where people can be creative and they can express themselves. They don't have to be tied to what a manufacturer thinks is popular, but they can they can create what they want when they want it, in the color they want it in and the size they want it in. So that was the birth of the idea of making the inspiration. That's wonderful, and it sounds like even during the inception of the inspiration, you really haven't changed the mindset. You're still allowing people to use, you know, whatever art they want. That's that's the you know that's the the complete 100% idea behind your product compared to some of the cartridge-based systems out there. So it, it really sounds like 
Puzzles was. I, I, I initially I wrote a pioneer, but it sounds like you were the pioneer uh, in the personal cutting machine industry. So, where I, I heard a rumor that Puzzles actually helped the Cricut company or, or Provocraft design the Cricut. Did this kind of happen all at the same time too? Well, it did. It did happen all at the same time. Actually, it happened before we introduced our inspiration. Okay. We were demoing the Pro at a Memory Trends trade show, and some of the designers from Provocraft thought and brought the owner of Provocraft over. And um, it wasn't too long after that that he contacted us and asked us to help him develop a non-computer-driven electronic cutter. And so we did enter into a relationship with them for a while. Once the cricket was released, then we no longer were affiliated with them. Right. Wow. Well, it, it sounds like it sounds like your company deserves um, more recognition. And going back to the question that one of our fans had, you know, what what would it take to make Puzzles a household name? Well. I think that, you know, uh, you and I talking and, and getting the word out and letting people know just how much of a role your company played in making this a reality for all these people, that enough should get people talking. So I really hope that the this interview helps you achieve that. Um, so with that said, we and myself, I, I have a Puzzles Inspiration. I think it's a wonderful machine. But for those that are new to the Puzzles Inspiration, talk about the machine's capabilities and tell tell me a little bit about how it compares to the Cricut. Okay. Well, as far as comparing to the Cricut, obviously we're not a cartridge-based system, uh, number one. Uh, we also have a more powerful motor. Everything... Um, that is inside the machine is completely different from the Cricut. You might see that we have the same blade holder. There might be some similarities between the two, but they're really, for the most part, cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided when we wanted to build a personal cutter from the ground up that we were going to use our pro model as our standard. We wanted to make a personal cutter that was as accurate and as powerful as our Pro. So we set that bar pretty high um, as far as that power and accuracy were concerned. And I think that we have gotten there. We wanted it to be able to cut through heavier materials. uh, And at that time, the smaller personal cutters were not cutting through chipboard. And so that was one of our goals. Uh, that we wanted to do with our inspiration. We uh, brought our my son, Jeremy, on as uh, he has experience as a software engineer, so he really helped us as we tried to raise that standard of the personal electronic cutter. And I think we've done that. Our inspiration cuts from 1-8 inch small to 12 by 24. You can get a 12 by 24 mat, so you can do large projects. And it will cut material from very thin, like tissue paper thin, to two millimeters thick, which would be your chipboard, your fun foam. It'll cut acrylic and fabric and rubber stamp material, soft foil, metal, vinyl, and, of course, cardstock and paper, which is where it all started. I'm 
sure there are things that I don't even know if cut that hmm. our customers are already cutting. Um, I think one of the things that uh, we have discovered as printing cuts, which is printing your own clip art and then cutting it out on the cutter, mm-hmm. and that has become popular. We are hearing from our customers that the ability to infinitely adjust the position of our blade is really key to getting an accurate cut. Some cutters don't allow you to move that blade in tiny, tiny increments mm-hmm. with the up and down and side to side arrows that we have on the top of our machine. You can be very accurate where you place it. So we're, we're really thrilled with that. Um, I, I think that we wanted people to have the freedom to create whatever they wanted with a computer software program that allows them to create or by using clip art or drawings or coloring or coloring books, you can personalize your project. You can personalize your project to express yourself. And I think that's the beauty of a cutting system anyway, is being able to express yourself. Wonderful. And I think that reason, that is one of the reasons that more and more customers are going to uh, embrace the machine and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully buy one and, and, you know, give it a home. Because like I said, we we have one. And um, for those of you that that follow us pretty closely, uh, the last project that I made with the puzzles was a three-dimensional, um, it was a little cabin. Uh, it was originally designed to be cutesy, but because I'm a real big Halloween fanatic, I took it and I made it a haunted house. And um, to be honest with you, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris, that I, I keep comparing Cricket and, and puzzles, but um, the, the for, for those people that have a Cricket that, you know, want more out of their machine and want to be able to cut whatever they want the transition was seamless it was it was you know it was easy so um, I created this this 3d house and had absolutely no problems with it it cut perfectly the first time so it's um, I've had nothing but uh, good experiences with the unit so far I do have a couple more questions Chris and and one is uh, do you think that the personal cutting machines are, are here to stay and where is the cutting machine market heading, if it is? Well, I do think the personal cutting machine is here to stay, and we can thank Cricket for creating that awareness uh, to a large mass market. Obviously, it's a large company. They can advertise in high volume, whereas most of the other companies with cutters, like us, are smaller. But they have created that awareness about the ability to and I think a lot of cricket owners are going to, at some point, want to branch into creating their own designs. And I think that we are going to see them move into that. I think the economy is directing people to try to find one tool that replaces many other tools. And I think your electronic cutter does that. So many of us who have been in scrapbooking for a long time know how easy it is to buy something because we think it will work and it doesn't. And since I've been using the electronic cutter, I no longer am tempted to buy things just because. So in the long run, an electronic cutting system does save me money. Um, right, especially... Where the electronic cutting market is heading, 
Go ahead, Leo. No, I was going to say, especially when it comes to uh, purchasing, you know, um, physical dyes or punches, you, you you see people spending less money on things like that. I've seen. I've seen pictures of, of people's craft rooms where they've got an entire wall of punches where, you know, if you have your, if you take those punches and trade them in, you can probably get enough money to buy yourself uh, a cutting machine. So, so I, I definitely agree with what you say. Absolutely. In fact, we hear that so often from our customers that that is exactly what they did. They went on eBay and sold their collection of whatever it was, their dyes or their punches, and they had enough to buy a cutter. Mm-hmm. So um, they're pretty thrilled with that. And they freed up a lot of space in their craft room as well. Exactly, exactly. So, so Chris... We're asking where the cutting machine market is heading. Exactly, yeah. I was just going to ask, where where is the cutting machine market heading? I think it is heading into more of a mixed media, home decor. It's going to in the paper cutting realm, but as people see its capability, they're going to move into creating more things, make that machine useful in more areas. We also have generations coming up that are very computer savvy and comfortable, and they are going to want to embrace the technology. So I see the electronic cutting machine market only growing in the future. Yeah, I think I think we're we're at the tip of the iceberg at this point. I think that in the next few years, this is going to boom. So um, you know, any and every company that is somehow tied into this uh, is probably going to be around for a long time. So I you know I'm I'm happy to say that we're going to be a part of that. And um, you know, as as long as we're here, I, I think that you know companies like 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 yours are. are we're going to work together to help each other out, and it's uh, it's going to be wonderful. So actually, this is a perfect segue. Speaking of where the market is heading and other ways of using the cutting machines, did you have something that you wanted to tell our listeners? I do, and I have been waiting for you to get to this question. Um, you know, recently, if you followed us at all, we introduced removable rollers, um, Previously, we had six rollers on the bar that moved the mat back and forth to cut the paper. But we now have rollers that can be taken off. And that's nice for several things, cutting um, soft materials such as a foiling metal so that the rollers don't leave a mark. But the real reason that we brought them out was to make it possible to cut softer materials like fondant. Mm. And so I am really excited because our newest tool is a pastry tool. Now we call it a pastry tool because it doesn't just cut fondant, it cuts cookie dough, it cuts gum paste, it cuts sugar sheets, it cuts modeling chocolate, fruit leather. I'm sure there's more out there that I haven't played with. But I have been sitting on this for a year and making cakes and having so much fun. So I'm excited that in the next few weeks we will be selling our pastry tool, but also we will have a kit, which would include a mat to cut the pastry or the fondant, an instructional video, we'll have CD of images, we'll actually even include the removable rollers for those of you that already own the inspiration. 
So I'm, I'm just really excited about this. I've been making beautiful cakes. It's, it's been so much fun. Uh, I used to have those shaped cake molds for my kids when they were little, and this is just way better than making little stars all over a cake. This is so much fun. So you've, you, you realize, Chris, that you've, you've basically unleashed a monster in the, uh, in the cake world now, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Well, uh, I, I, I see that the cake industry is actually, you know, it's really embracing cutting machines. And I've personally had emails recently from people in the cake industry asking if it's still possible to use their Cricut machines with um, not just our designs, but any designs that they would want to use. And unfortunately, I have to tell them no. But now I can say, hey, but you know what? The Pazzles Company, they're releasing the the uh, pastry tool. So, you know, now you've got options, which is wonderful. So I'm I'm glad you're taking that avenue and I'm sure that I'm sure that you know it'll only help grow the Pazzles name. Well, I think it will. And I am excited to see this um, move into the cake industry, not only for the individual consumer, but also for those who are making cakes for sale. I think making a cake that is individualized and not from a book, but meets the needs of the customer or the party or the event is only going to open up new horizons for for uh, the cake industry and also for our own customers. That's wonderful. I think I think it's a slam dunk, and we'll be promoting it for sure. I personally am gluten free, so I don't eat the traditional cake. But maybe we'll figure out a way for us to use it so we can we can demonstrate it as well. I'm sure that there's some gluten free stuff available out there because I know it's becoming uh, quite the quite the trend. I don't want to call it a trend because it's not a good thing, but. Um, Either way, I think it's wonderful, Chris, and I do want to thank you for, for joining us on the show today, and I hope that you visit with us in the future, uh, especially if you have some, some stuff that you want to share with our listeners. Well, thank you, Leo. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So that was Chris Vander Wouda from the Pazzles Company, and I have to say that that was probably my favorite interview thus far. So I want to go ahead and answer some questions that some of our Facebook fans posted on our Facebook wall. So the first question that we got was from Denise Martinez, and in a nutshell, Denise loves the puzzles. You know, she saw reviews and testimonials, but she says it's priced out of her range. Most people have bought Provocraft's Cricut because of its price. So she wants to know why the high price. I think, personally, I think it boils down to a, a strategy, a business strategy. Okay, since the Cricut is a cartridge-based system, Provocraft prices that machine so that anyone can buy it, or not anyone, but it, you know, it's it's priced so that it's it's more accessible to a larger audience. Okay, so you know, if you have a three hundred dollar machine and you have a five hundred dollar machine, you know, and, and if they both are comparable, you know, maybe one does have an edge, but you know, if, if the Cricut can cut paper and that's all you need it to do, and it's two, $250 less than the competition, then of course you're going to buy that machine. But now keep in mind that the Cricut is, it's out there, but it's a cartridge-based system. And a lot of the, a lot of the complaints that you hear from people is, oh man, well, 
those 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 cartridges are priced way too much. You know, they're way too high. I can't I can't afford to buy all these cartridges. Well, that is basically you know that's the give and take. You know, you purchase the machine at a lower price in hopes that the they make their money back on the cartridges. Now, I don't know if that's a fact, but it makes sense from a business standpoint, which is why the Pazzles company and other companies that are not cartridge driven can't afford to sell their machines for, you know, uh, $100 or $200 less. I don't know how much it costs for them to make the machines, but you have to realize that a business is in business because it needs to make a profit. And if Pazzles was selling their machines barely above profit, they're not going to be able to pay their people. So, you know, my guess is that Provocraft is taking their machines and maybe they're making a little bit on them, but for the most part, they're making them accessible so that they make they can make money on the cartridges. And that that, to, that pretty much should answer, you know, why um, these, you know, these machines are so, so, you know, so highly priced compared to the Cricut. So anyone that wants to purchase a non-cartridge based system, you have to keep that in mind. You can't say, oh, well, the Cricut is, you know, it's, it's a hundred or $200 less. You have to realize that there's a reason for that. So hopefully, uh, so hopefully Denise, that answers your question. Now, we had another question from Tracy Jedi Paper Addict. She asks, what do you think it would take to make Pazzle's household name, such as Cricket, to where all crafters would know what you were talking about when you said the name? Well, Tracy, I think that the success of the Cricket company uh, relies heavily on promotions that they've done on, on avenues like HSN. And, you know, obviously, once you, you see an infomercial, a lot of people watch television, and it is expensive to, 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 you know, to put commercials up there, which is why they have the reach that they have. And then from that point on, it's word of mouth, websites, blogs, things of that nature. But I think that the majority of it started with their online infomercials, which is uh, one of the best ways to, to, you know, to get the word out. So to answer your question... What would it take for Pazzles to become a household name? Well, for one, obviously, television advertising is a, is a huge way to, to get that to happen. But secondly, it's interviews like this, it's social media, it's blogs, it's YouTube, things of that nature that maybe aren't as expensive that will get the, na- you know, get the word out. Um, so that hopefully answers your question. Now, we also had some questions regarding the Pazzles craft room, and unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to cover that with Chris, but I do have these. I will send them to Chris. I'll, I'll ask her, and hopefully, I'll be able to give you an answer on the next show. So finally, I just want to discuss a few things related to the world of personal cutting. In the last two, three, four weeks, I've probably gotten hundreds of emails from people asking about Sure Cuts A Lot too. And unfortunately, I, I have a blanket response because I, I'm starting to get a cramp in my hand from answering this question so much. And I have to tell people that it's illegal and it's just not allowed. We can't sell shortcuts a lot too. It's no longer available. And basically, being able to use your your own designs with the Cricut machine is just it's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen with the Sure Cuts a Lot software. It's not going to happen with Make the Cut. If there's some new software that comes out, it'll probably be shut down. But what I've been telling people is that there is, uh, you know, there is some hope. And again, I, I've mentioned this before. 
that Provocraft has made a statement on their website that they would allow their customers to cut some of their images. Now, we don't know what that means. We don't know if, you know, if that means that they're going to open up SVG files. We don't know if that means that they're going to start an online store similar to Silhouette, which I'm going to discuss uh, a little bit more here in just a minute. But I, I do think that they, they realize that it's important to give the customers the ability to cut, cut some of their own files. And I, I'm going to make a prediction here that at some point in the next 6 to 12 months, the Cricut Craft Room, which is called, will have the ability to either A, import your own SVG files or some sort of file format that they develop that's proprietary to them that you can actually convert SVG files to. Hopefully they just open it up to SVG files because that would be so much easier for a lot of people. And if they don't allow that, then my guess is that they are going to go to a system similar to what the Silhouette company has where they allow various vendors to sell designs through their craft room, okay? Which leads me to talking about my experience with the Silhouette company. Now, as you guys know, the Silhouette SD cutting machine is compatible with SureCuts a lot 3. And recently, I reached out to the Silhouette company and asked them if it'd be possible for SVG cuts to post art files in their library for their customer base and uh, initially they sounded like they were going to allow it and then finally I got an email back from them saying that they don't allow their competition to sell files on the the silhouette online store so I I'm, I'm pretty sad to say this but you know it, it's it's unfortunate I, I hope that at some point they change their mind um, but again, I, I do believe that they're going to allow their software to import SVG files. So at, you're starting to see a trend here. The cutting machines are going the way of the SVG, and it's important that the cutting machine manufacturers realize that, identify that, and realize that customers are going to pick and, and purchase cutting machines that give them the ability to cut SVG files. This is a make or break for a lot of people now. So with that said, again, going back to the Provocraft thing, I think that, like I said, within about six months to a year, the people that don't have the freedom to cut their own files, I believe that they will have the ability to do this in one way or another. And uh, I, I really hope it's sooner than that. Now, one other thing I wanted to do, on the last show, we asked some people to send us some emails so that they could tell us what they think about uh, about Provocraft and the whole situation with Sure Cuts A Lot. And I just want to read just a few of the emails here. Now, the first email I'm going to read is from Patrice I. And Patrice, you are the winner of the $10 SVG Cuts gift card. So send an email to info at svgcuts.com to claim your prize. And Patrice said, I was just listening to Cut the Craft. I've been looking forward to hearing news about the lawsuit. I'm a relatively new Cricut user. I got mine for Christmas in 2010, and I absolutely love my Cricut. 
Then I found out about Scale, and I love my Cricut even more. I completely understand Provocraft's objection to the Scale program. They are definitely losing a lot of money because of it. My thought is, instead of suing, maybe collaborate. I own the Gypsy and the Cricut Design Studio, which to me are pretty much the same thing, and don't really use them as much at all. Scale is so much more user-friendly. If Provocraft and Craft Edge could get together, that would be awesome. I do love so many of the Cricut cartridge designs. It would be great to integrate them into Scal. That's a, that's a great comment, Patrice, and this comment represents a lot of the emails that, that we get on a daily basis. So I, I do appreciate it, and I, I don't know if they'd be able to, to cal, you know, collaborate. I do know that the, the Cricut craft room is basically an online version of the design studio that's obviously um, new and improved and if they do add the ability to import svg files then your wish will come true and we've got another email here from mary ann from virginia and she wrote i was an early cricket user when i decided to move to the larger 12 by 12 format machine i actually purchased a puzzles machine then when i found scal and svg cuts i purchased a cricket expression I was thinking I had the best of both worlds, the ability to use lots of different alphabets and make my own files, as well as the ability to purchase a wide variety of ready-made cuts through the Cricut cartridges. The die-cut heaven didn't last long for me. I'm sure the folks at Provocraft are trying to do what's best for their business, but I think it signals just how big and impersonal the paper crafting community has become. Knowing the paper crafter's basic need to have the latest of everything, I'm pretty sure that Cricut owners who use Scal also purchase Cricut cartridges as well. I know I did. Unfortunately, Provocraft seems to feel that we need to be forced to make a choice, presumably so they can sell more cartridges and make more money. Forgetting that their success was driven in part by the same crafters they are harming now. Those folks who never found the joy of Scal probably don't understand, and they are still happy and still going to purchase the Cricut and Cricut cartridges, but I am feeling let down by a company that I embraced. I was also shocked by these events. What if Dell Computer would only allow you to use software from Microsoft and no other company? Everyone would feel outraged and the courts would move quickly to put a halt to such anti-consumer behavior. And when you look at the Cricut and the machines like the Pazzles, you know that the hardware is much the same. The main difference is the need to have that cartridge in place in the Cricut machine. But I'm over it and have made my decision to move back to the Pazzles. I'm currently using a beta test version of Scal and my original Pazzles, thanks, thanks to CraftEdge. And am once again a happy paper crafter. And maybe the bright side is that a company like SVG Cuts will see an increase in sales from those of us who really don't want to design every die cut ourselves. Now here's another email from Danielle D. She writes, I dislike Provocraft's decision slash lawsuit. I use my Cricut much more having Scal. I'm a font junkie, so for me, Scal is huge. I'm also a techie person, so I love choosing whatever I want and cutting it. I often would need maybe one to two cuts off of a cart. I will not buy a $60 cart for one cut. They've already banned scrap shops from renting carts. I hope they do create something that would allow us to cut without carts, but that wouldn't put money in their pocket. They seem to be all about the money, the more the better. I find it frustrating that they want me to buy a product and keep sticking money into it, like a car that's a lemon. 
love SVGs. Thanks so much, Danielle, for the comment. And again, uh, going back to what we were talking about early, as far as their business plan goes and how their machine and strategy, you know, is laid out. Uh, unfortunately, it sounds like you know they do have to make their money on cartridges. But again, my prediction for the future is that, well, maybe you won't have to buy an entire cartridge. Maybe you will be able to purchase single elements, and maybe SVGs will be part of that. Okay, so let's, uh, you know, let's hope for the best, Danielle. Thanks again for your email. So that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of Cut the Craft. Again, I thank you for joining me. And if you have any ideas, questions, comments, or suggestions for a future show, please send me an email at info at svgcuts.com. And remember, every time you send an email, you're automatically qualified to win a $10 svgcuts.com gift certificate. And we'll announce the winner during each show. So thanks again and happy crafting, everybody.